Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori. And today we have a very special guest with us. Welcome back, Blake. Thank you so much, Lori and Daniela. Daniela and Lori. <laughs> Happy to be here. So nice <laughs> we love to having have you. Um, so it's great to have you with us again. So Blake was on the podcast before, and I'll definitely make sure I put that in the show notes to that episode that we all chatted together. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we have something fun to talk about today. Yeah, today we're going to discuss um, like a recent post that was on Instagram and Blake actually brought it to our attention. He DM'd Daniela and I Mm -hmm. and said, this would be a great thing to discuss, uh, which I quickly replied, yes, come discuss it with us, Blake. (laughs) (laughs) Come chat with us, please. I haven't been able to catch up with Blake in a while. So I was kind of selfish and I, and this is like a great thing. We get a podcast episode. We get some time with one of my favorite people. I'm so excited. Yes. And we, we can talk for days. So get ready. This is so true. This might might be three episodes. Who knows? Warning. don't know. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So the quote was in regards to what, uh, what is considered a real entrepreneur. And there was a guy, um, who from what I could see is, is like, probably should know who this man is. Um, I went to his Instagram, but I mean, he's kind of like a motivational business mm-hmm. guy, guru type. Um, and, in, yeah. and he, he, my take is that he oversimplified the quote, but, you know, basically saying that if you flip things on eBay, you're not an entrepreneur. That was like it in a nutshell. Would you guys agree? Yeah. I, I felt like basically he, like, go ahead, like, I was just going to say that was like the cliff notes version. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. So I would say he's like Gary V's competitor, maybe like. We can talk that, a little bit about would, that. Yes. Let's, yeah. let's do that. Like, so maybe we should start by playing the clip and then we can kind of discuss it and talk about what an actual entrepreneur is according to Webster's. Thank you, Daniela. That was a great okay. idea. My little snippet, my contribution to the podcast. (laughs) And then we'll go from there. So, um, Daniela, you have the clip? Yes, I do. Give me one second. I'm going to turn my volume up. Make sure you guys can hear it. You know, it's fine if my kids flip shoes on on eBay. If you're an adult, man, you got to get beyond flipping sneakers on eBay. You need to build a business. Otherwise, don't call yourself an entrepreneur. That's not what an entrepreneur is. An entrepreneur is not flipping shit on eBay. That's not a business. That's you trying to make $2 on a toy that you bought at a garage sale. It's a different gig. You know, so that was a clip. Could you guys hear it? You kind of went in and out, Daniela, but I, but I heard some of it. Yeah. I, I heard the important yeah. part about that's $2 on a toy. That was, that was the line that pissed me off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you. That definitely annoyed me. But I'm, I'm going to leave the link to this in the show notes. You guys can find the post and you guys can go check it out yourselves and just see what uh what we saw. So let's let's just kind of yeah. go with what he said there. So, Blake, what were your initial reactions to it? So, OK, so I. I like this uh, ability of myself to like listen to what someone says and be like, I'm not sure that I agree, but like also maybe I do kind of agree. So I think what is important to note here is this man, his name is Grant Cardone. I think he would probably be offended if we compared him to Gary Vee and vice versa. But, you know, for everyone listening, that's probably just easier reference. Mm -hmm. He he is not knocking people for having a business. He's not saying you're not a business owner. What he's saying is to be an entrepreneur is to, is to not flip stuff on the internet, which to some degree I can agree with. Mm-hmm. However, um, I think this might be a good place to define entrepreneur, Daniela. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I will read the definition from Webster online. So The first part here says, um, essential meaning of entrepreneur, a person who starts a business and is willing to risk loss in order to make money. Then the full definition of an entrepreneur is one who organizes, manages, and assumes the risk of a business or enterprise. It's interesting that risk is mentioned in both of those. I don't know that that's, if somebody asked me to 
what, what I thought my definition of entrepreneur is that, I mean, that makes perfect sense. I don't know if I would have articulated those words. So I'm glad you have that here. And the risk factor is um, interesting and true and true. Yeah. When um, I think of risk and loss, it makes me think of more of like an investor, which I guess is where entrepreneur kind of came from. Maybe when you think back to like the early 2000s, I feel like when people were coming out with this term entrepreneur and using it, it was people that were investing in businesses and, or in stocks and whatnot. And that was all they did, right? It was like that constant risk reward type thing. And as time has gone on, I feel like the definition of entrepreneur has, has grown. It's changed. It's evolved. Right. Um, And uh, Lori, do you want to read the characteristics of an entrepreneur? So this is also from Webster's dictionary and it kind of just talks about the evolution of entrepreneur. Yeah. I don't think entrepreneur is a new term from the two thousands. No, but it's a term that kind of, it's a term that came up a lot more frequently in the early two thousands and it kind of has taken off since then. For for a quick example too, people have started to change instead of side hustle now. There's this new term floating around called a multipreneur, mm. like a multipreneur. So like a like doing multiple things. Um, and, and mompreneur actually, sorry, has been around for a while. That's been like a catchy one. Um, so the right. characteristics of an entrepreneur, you might well wonder whether entrepreneur simply means a person who starts a business and is willing to risk loss in order to make money, or whether it carries an additional connotation of farsightedness and innovation. The answer, perhaps unsatisfyingly, is that it can go in either direction. Entrepreneur has been in, in used in English to refer to a kind of businessman since at least the middle of the 18th century when it appeared in the translation of the King's Prussia's instruction for his generals. If the country happens not to abound in forage, you must agree with some entrepreneur for the quantity required. Mm. That's a direct quote. During the 19th century, it was also used um, of a go-between or a person who undertakes any kind of activity as opposed to just a business. By the early 20th century, entrepreneur appears to have taken on the connotation of go-getter when applied to an independent business owner, a quality that may also be found in a phrase entrepreneurial spirit, which began began being used at about the same time. So the early 20th century. Yeah, so it's definitely evolves. Like entrepreneur, like this in the 18th century was those who worked with the emperors and the kings and that they, they were the people who went out and bought the goods and came back and that was their job. Um, and it has evolved quite a bit since then. I'd say it's still evolving to this day. But I think go-getter is definitely something, go-getter and somebody who's innovative in their thinking. Um, so a little bit more beyond just a business person, right? If you're coming up, I, I associate it with some form of creativity in my own mind. hundred percent. hundred percent. So then, that does not always, oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, so then when it comes to the eBay comparison, um, I can see where he thinks that that is not super creative or that doesn't make you an entrepreneur if that is is what you do. I also think that his the sentence about like flipping a toy for two dollars is like one million percent oversimplified um, what we do. Correct. Um, So I also consider an entrepreneur somebody who's willing to hustle and um, yeah so it I guess it means a little bit something different to each of us. But the multipreneur, I enjoy that uh, definition as well, Blake, because I think in terms yeah. of how we all talk about multiple streams of income mm-hmm. and how it all kind of filters back to being whatever entrepreneur we consider ourselves. So would would each of you consider yourselves an entrepreneur? Yeah, I would. I consider myself an entrepreneur. Blake? I, I would not. Interesting. I would say, I, I would say, I wouldn't even say I'm a small business owner. I would say I'm in business, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't say I'm an entrepreneur. But for me, and this will actually tie into something I have a definition for. Ooh. So you were reading, you were reading from the Webster's Dictionary, correct? Yep, correct. So, so the New Oxford American Dictionary has a slightly different take on this, okay. and their definition is. A person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. And for me, that is more aligned with my vision of what an entrepreneur is, of what I've thought about it. 
because I hate to compare it to Shark Tank because that's so product specific, but right. an entrepreneur to me is someone who quits their entire six-figure job and puts all of their money, all of their savings into one thing, hoping that it'll work. And it does or it doesn't. And with reselling, and maybe this is where that guy needed to explain a little bit more, and the oversimplification did happen. Like reselling, as we all know, and probably the people listening, is one of the businesses where you can absolutely make a profit without taking on any debt, any risk. So out of the gate, it like technically is not categorically like an entrepreneurship type thing. However, once you start growing your resale business and you start buying pallets, you start buying truckloads, things change and you then do spend thousands of dollars. However, are you putting your entire business at risk to be able to get more inventory? I don't think that's the case. I think you're buying inventory to keep your business going different than putting all of your eggs in one basket, hoping that turns into something. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a great point. And, and I guess even for me in this moment, reading the definition and hearing the risk factor, I think I have to change my bio on Instagram now because <laughs> I don't know that I would <laughs> consider myself an entrepreneur if that's if that is the definition. Like right. I said in the beginning, my take on an entrepreneur is more like the creative side. And like you said, Blake, you know, you start doing one thing, working like 10 hours a week, you know, maybe investing $50 a week on thrifted items. Does that make me an entrepreneur? No. At this stage of the game, as I try to grow and we all grow in different areas, I'm dabbling a little bit in Amazon. And then I sold a little bit on my website. And then I did some consultations on the side and like, then it kind of grows and goes in different directions. I still don't know how much risk I'm at with that YouTube, that sort of thing. You know what I mean? So if risk is yeah. the definition, then I guess that would be, I mean, I guess every time you sell something, you're risking not profiting on it, but you're not risking your life savings. Right, yeah. right. For that one item. And then even to right. go back to yeah, the- but well, Does buying pallets oh make you an entrepreneur because you're spending more money? Well, you're risking- I don't think un- so. I don't know. <laughs> no. I-, I don't know. That depends on your budget then. So if somebody makes half a million a year and they buy pallets, they're not an entrepreneur because somebody else who makes 50 grand a year buys pallets. You know what I mean? Like, does that really make you an entrepreneur? I I don't know. Well, okay. So here's a question. Okay. Here's a question for you gals. Let's, let's think about this a little different. Uh, for the platforms out there, Mercari, Poshmark, Mm -hmm. the real, real, all of those, all of those individual companies in my eyes, the people who started those companies are entrepreneurs. Yes. yes. The people who use the platform, I mean, minus, let's say minus the resellers. Let's just say the people who are selling their stuff because they want some credit. Are those entrepreneurs? Absolutely not. Are resellers business owners? Absolutely. Is every single reseller entrepreneur? Absolutely not. I agree. No, I agree with you. I do. Right, I changed my yeah. mind. Maybe I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm just a go-getter. Can I use the new term? I am a go-getter then. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think, I think he just needed to like change his wording because what he said was incorrect because it's like, again, no one's knocking that you run a business, run successful businesses to all the people out there doing reselling. Mm-hmm. Like I get that. We, we work hard for that, but is everyone an entrepreneur? No. And Another thing, it's like it's like the conversation about famous versus celebrity. Are you a celebrity and famous? Are you famous and a celebrity? No. Hmm. Two different things. Jennifer Aniston and a real housewives housewife. Yeah. Two different, two different ballparks. Yeah. Famous versus celebrity, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's a good comparison. That's an interesting yeah. distinguish. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the uh, Anne Rand's Atlas Shrugged book. Um, I did not read it, no. disclaimer, but my husband was obsessed with it for quite some time. And it was my interpretation. And I'm sure there are people who actually read the book who, whose ears will be bleeding at my interpretation of it. But anyways, <laughs> what I remember of Jay talking about it is um, it kind of com- talks about the people who really move the world forward if they were to go away. And all kind of the worker bees who think they're the entrepreneurs and, you know, move the world forward. Um, 
they're very important, but they are not necessarily the really innovative Steve Jobs type of thinkers that are actually entrepreneurs, let's say, and like moving the world forward. And what would happen if all of those people, like those top tier people um, went away? Um, and mm. it was an, it, it was like, a, I think it's a dystopia and you know, what would happen in the world right. if you didn't actually have people taking the risks, putting their lives on the line, their livelihood for the sake right. of something bigger, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, if you use that definition, I would say you're right. What I read in some of the comments on this guy's Instagram post was that he and Gary Vee do go head to head. And they, and they, yeah. when, when I looked at some of his posts and again, this was like a two minute, yeah, this was not a deep dive on my part, but when I looked at his posts, he seemed a lot more flashy than Gary V. I think Gary V kind of prides himself on being like a bottom feeder and not being somebody who ever has to drive the expensive cars. Like, you know, kind of like, why are you getting all this expensive shit? Is it to impress other people? Yeah. Do you really need it? Does it really right. make you happy? And that guy kind of seemed to be pretty showy from what I could see. So I can see where their philosophies on entrepreneur and, you know, moving forward wouldn't align necessarily. And I don't know if that was a jab at Gary V who loves to tell people to flip things and got to start Go to yard somewhere. sales and flip things. That's like exactly. Thing. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah. Learn and I think it get really is. good at something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Definitely a hot topic, if you will. Yeah. So like, I'm trying to think like our listeners, right? Some people might be saying, well, I take risks all the time by investing in certain product that I don't know is going to move on whatever platform, right? Like I'm buying, you know, a hundred, a quantity of a hundred of this specific item to flip on eBay and I'm investing X amount of dollars. Wouldn't that qualify me as an entrepreneur then given that, that definition? And I flip it all the time. And that's all I do. Like a replenishable. Right. Right. I think well, ultimately, I think there's no like right or wrong, quote unquote. Right. I, you know, this is, you know, a conversation that will have no period. Right. But um, I think, you know, are you going to lose your house if you buy one sweater to flip on eBay? No. no. Are you going to buy, are you going to spend $10,000 on a pallet to flip items on eBay or Poshmark or wherever? No, because at that point, I imagine... I don't know one reseller that would just out of the gate spend 10 grand on a couple pallets or a truck, you know, that's, yeah. that's not, that's not smart, but I think there's risk in business, but then there's also risk in entrepreneurship. Oh, there's big risk. I believe in entrepreneurship. You know? I, I think of, so I know someone personally who labels himself as an entrepreneur and invests in lots of different businesses and a lot of them have failed and it's his money yeah. that he's lost and to me like that's so going by that definition that we just read and we've been talking about that's what I think of I think of my friend who this is what he does he invests thousands right. of dollars into a business and a lot of them don't make it and he doesn't ever recoup that money that's just that's what he does and then he loses out right. and you know he moves but does that make him an investor or an entrepreneur yeah, and it's better. You know what I mean? That like, I, more like... That, that's why that's why I think this is kind of a fun topic. I just yeah, and we all kind of have a slightly different take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you I think know? you, the the person who calls themselves an entrepreneur, has to be the owner or like co-owner. They have to like mm-hmm. put skin in the game. So I think your friend, although they may call themselves an entrepreneur, definitely an investor. Mm-hmm. You're putting in a, money into a company. You're an investor. Um, the sharks on Shark Tank, which I think is a good, uh, That's a good example. topic to talk about. They are now investors, but they, I, like, is entrepreneur something you like keep with you once you've done something? Like, 
uh, Mark Cuban or uh, Robert Herjavec right. with his software companies. Like that was entrepreneurship to me, but like, because the business is still going, do we still call call him that? I would just call him, you know. I feel Mr. like they invest in entrepreneurs. I feel like that's the nature of Shark yes. Tank. Is, yes. And that's where, again, I keep circling back to the creativity pieces. Mm-hmm. You have people coming to them. Yes, the risk is also there. They need the money. They need the investors to get this out to market, whatever it is. Um, but they are the innovators and they're the ones that are coming up with something super creative. And then the sharks are kind of making it happen for them if they choose to invest in their company. They also right. own a piece um, usually of the company too, right? The sharks. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would say that they're all entrepreneurs on the shark tank, like the, the, yeah. Oh yeah. They're investors now, but, and I do think, I think if you've invented something or created something from scratch and, um, built a successful business and you are an entrepreneur, I think that stays with you throughout your career, even if it's not like what your current project is. Right. Right. You worked hard for that. I feel like they all mesh together. Like you start off at one and then you're just progressing towards whatever that next step is for you. Some people stay, I guess, in that entrepreneurial space and keep creating and then keep Mm coming up with something and then others evolve and grow their business to a point and then they either sell their shares and they're done with it or they're still a part of it in some capacity and now they're moving on to helping others who want that same dream that they had and then now they're the investors or you know and I feel like it's a you're always evolving when you're in this space it's Mm -hmm. not linear it could be I guess if you want it to stay linear but I feel like most people evolve in that process I mean I think it is a term that's thrown around quite a bit Oh, absolutely. And whether or not somebody is truly an entrepreneur is debatable, you know? So I think that's why his comment did, you know, ruffle some feathers because I think there are probably a fair amount of people who do consider themselves entrepreneurs that maybe by definition are not or by other people's, you know, it, 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 this seems to be a bit of a gray area with the term. Um, And what about, I just have a question of like investment in time. So what if you're not investing a, a ton of money? I mean, I don't know if YouTube would even be an example. Of I was that. actually just thinking of YouTube. Would you consider YouTube entrepreneurship then? I don't know. I would, uh, I would well, it's definitely a business. Mm-hmm. But um, back to what Blake said, maybe the person who created YouTube is the entrepreneur. Blake, the, I feel like it's an yeah. avenue to make business. And I feel like there's there's risk of like, you can put a ton of time into it and not get any reward back. If the reward is money, if the reward is just being creative, being creative and you don't care about subscribers or AdSense, that sort of thing, it could still be considered a success in the eyes of the person who created the channel. But does that make you an entrepreneur? I, I, I wouldn't think so. I, I like what you said earlier, Lori, about, you know, if the people in the world who moved the world forward stopped or just like went away. I think that's also a great way to think about it because to the YouTube point, yeah, the person who created YouTube or the people, the team, the co-founders, mm-hmm. they absolutely helped to move society forward. It created a whole new medium, a new channel, yeah. new ways to consume, etc., new ways to express. But someone using that thing is using their voice, maybe making money off of it, but. And that's not to say that somebody with a channel could have something completely prolific, some sort of a message or something right there that right. then does move the world, you know, and, and they have their own space. But I don't think YouTube, I mean, YouTube could be an avenue for them to get their message out, but I don't think just using yep. YouTube makes you an entrepreneur right like also also there's no risk it's again similar to reselling you don't have to even better than reselling you don't have to put up any money for it mm-hmm. yeah you know which is great yeah I mean and, and <laughs> it's really exciting now too to to see people who had opportunity because of YouTube I mean I think the lead singer of Journey who replaced Steve Perry I want to say he was um I want to say he's in from Asia someplace, Um, but he had the voice of Steve Perry and I'm pretty certain that they found him on YouTube and now he's, he's part of journey. I mean, for God's sake, 
that's just kind of an exciting thing. I mean, that's just like the power of YouTube and and where it can take you. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that would be a whole different conversation for us to have. But I, I do, <laughs> I do think it's really interesting. Is there anybody like that comes to mind for either one of you? Well, Danielle, you just mentioned your friend mm-hmm. um, as far as an entrepreneur, somebody who's like the embodiment of. Yeah, I mean, he owns his own businesses too. So he's created his own business from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And then he owns other businesses with friends and he's invested money in it. So he kind of does both. Sure. Um, you know, I think of like, so fashion companies and startup companies, you think of like Nasty Gal, for example, she, you know, that that's mm-hmm. one Spanx. What's her name? Sarah. I was just going to say Sarah Blakely. Yes. Mm. She, she is yeah. 100% someone that you can look at as an entrepreneur. Steve Jobs. Change the world, change yeah. shapewear as we knew it. Yeah. I mean, Steve Jobs, yes, but also had a lot of help from others like that built Apple. I can't say that he was like the head person. He was the spokesperson for Apple. He was- Well, when you think of iPhone, that changed the world. Yes, iPhone did. But he, you know, the story of Steve Jobs is so complex. (laughs) There's just so many facets to him and and how, and and same with Mark Zuckerberg, like, yes, the idea was there, but then there were a lot of other- components team people yes there was a lot of components that went into Facebook and all of that but um you know in the fashion world I feel like you see a lot of this with the different designers that are out there that kind of started from nothing they went to design school or didn't go to design school and started creating and tried to land something and I think you know, I think Spanx is just the best example for it. And it, it, that's what she's known for, right? She goes, she's on all these mm-hmm. different interviews and on TV talking about her, her journey and her story. And even Sarah from Fashion File, that conversation that we had with her, I mean, yeah. she is an entrepreneur there. Like Absolutely. she, that was, she started on eBay. So here's a perfect example. She was inspired by being on eBay and then created this platform of buying product from other people, consignment paying them out on it and then you and then her company flipping it and creating a a client base that way so she kind of changed that landscape for luxury goods I would Um, say she's definitely somebody who made that transition from business owner to entrepreneur by opening her company Mm -hmm. um but is that what makes you an entrepreneur is when you cross that line in some way well and that's that's actually a great example uh fashion file because to that original clip Grant earlier, he was saying, you know, you need to move beyond eBay. You can't just flip sneakers. And that the the fashion file creator did that. Mm-hmm. You know, she she played the system and was like, you know what? Instead of having to sell it myself, I'll have people send me their stuff. I'll pay them. I'll flip it. Yeah, but like and I don't have to go out and get has it. Like what we would call like a curated closet too. I mean, she's mm-hmm. only luxury. She's only handbags and accessories, no clothing. Um, She does shoes. So smart. Does some shoes, but very selective. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like taking that curated closet to the next level as well. And, you know, as people get more and more specific in what they do. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You can see how people can start in one place and then you grow and some people might go private label. Um, I think of like Erin Oscillady. Oh Yeah. Absolutely. Erin is somebody who she had like her tie dye. Was it called drip eye? What was the name? Sun drip. Sun drip. Sun drip eye. Drip eye, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, sun drip. But the logo is an eye. eye. Yep. 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 And now she's doing the quilted things and she was just featured in um, Pioneer Woman. Pioneer Woman. I I mean, that is like, I, I think of even her in a more like, in an entrepreneurial spirit, you know, within our community, somebody who's like really pushing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Really good. Who else in our community would you say, I guess, emulates an entrepreneur? Mm, emulates what an entrepreneur could be, according to this definition. Erin is a perfect example. That is. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I mean, unless you're talking just... about risk, I'm sorry. Like the risk thing is what's throwing me off. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, like there are some people I know that we know that absolutely call themselves an entrepreneur. And 
I don't doubt how hard they work for their business or businesses, but I'm like, I don't know that that's the case. But like, also, it's not for me to decide. Like, if you want to call yourself an entrepreneur, honey, you mm-hmm. do you, you know? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I would, that's what we. I was saying earlier, Blake, is like, you know, there are people, I think it may be just in the the eyes of who's, who's claiming that they are an entrepreneur. Like somebody may think they are and they're going to live their life that way. And maybe that's like a guiding force that just keeps them pushing and keeps them motivated and gives them confidence to think that they're an entrepreneur. And that just kind of keeps things going and, you know, no harm, no foul. No one's going to. Yeah. No one's going to come down on you and be like, no, you're not an entrepreneur. You know, no one's going to say that. Right. Right. But I mean, we definitely have to slide into your DM. (laughs) What Blake? I said, no one's going to slide into your DMs and be like, Laura, you better change that title. <laughs> you are not an entrepreneur. <laughs> Delete it right, right now. now. You guys laugh. I'm on Instagram. I like Stop literally it. when you were chatting. My, my categories are artist, musician, blogger, clothing brand. I'm not a brand. Community, oh. digital creator, education, entrepreneur, health and beauty, editor, writer, personal blog, product service. Maybe I'd be product service. I don't know. No, I, would, I, no I would call you a digital creator. Yeah. You're a digital creator that sells clothes online. Because, correct, that sells clothes online. I think I think of you as a digital creator with your note cards, Blake. Like you were See, actually. But, but digital creator is beyond just creating product, though. You create videos, which is digit, which is also a digital product. You're no, a digital I creator. You I create think Canva images. That's not tangible. Well, oh, digital creators also for someone who creates content, like video mm-hmm. content and like your YouTube channel, you're literally a YouTube creator. Could so be a video creator, but then that's kind of like that's videographer pigeonholing me that kind of disregards the yeah. reselling part, right? Yes. And Stopping you know what though? Gets rid of my video creation. So that's why I need to talk to Instagram. And I think that's why I ended up. I want go getter on there. Can we put in a request to yeah. have go getter put on there? go-getter yeah my my son just texted me ohio state lost to oregon like ohio state and penn state they're such nothing makes him happier oh my god i love hockey (laughs) (laughs) i love you blake (laughs) y'all listeners i know it's football i know it's football (laughs) i just don't like sports like that so i'm just i always make fun of it that's so great all right so yeah i think that's why i defaulted to entrepreneur well i think instagram uses like an all-encompassing definition maybe of entrepreneur of like you do your own thing and have your own business and you have a small business or you know you i don't know risked your life savings and invested in something and now you're growing it. Like, I think that's how they look at it. Yeah. yeah, I know. But this, I think this is because I have a business profile. You have to pick yes. something. I think oh, mine's entrepreneur too, because but, it's us choose. I mean, it's like. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's like when you fill out those forms for whatever. You're at a doctor's office, like choose your occupation. And it's like, my job has never been in that list. I'm always other. Same. (laughs) My job is not on any list either. <laughs> Doesn't exist. Like, what would I you consider other. yourself these days? Me? I would consider myself um, an employee because I have my full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone who has a lucrative, I want to choose my language. I want to say hobby, but a hobby is something that is not intended to make income. Right. So I would say, you know, I'm going to strip it back. I am an, a full-time employee, but also a part-time reseller. Like, okay. it is what I, it is. I feel like you are heading into the influencer space. Like I was that. just going to bring up that term influencer because we yeah. haven't talked about it yeah. yet. Right. Yeah. We haven't are talked you, about it. Is Rafi sponsoring you? No, but... <laughs> 
I've been meaning to chat with you. I'm like, I mean, last time you were on here, you you had already moved and we had no idea. So you keep hiding yeah. things from us. So you need to like build okay. a here, okay? I I love Rothy's, okay? And the best way, and this is for anyone out there, um, the best way to befriend a brand, company, campaign, whatever on Instagram is to talk about them. But like, don't talk about, like, I'm just going to use this because it's right next to me. I'm dog sitting. Um, this is Purina One Food Brand. This like me just posting an Instagram story or a post about dog yeah. food. No, that's not, that's not going to work. So, you know, you want to make sure it's authentic. You want to make sure that if you want to, you use the product. Like I'm very much, I have offers, but like, I don't want to do them because one a perfect example, there was a brand, I won't say what, but they were like, we want to have you test out the skincare because they did a previous skincare thing. And it was only based towards people with acne. And I was like, no offense. Thank you so much for the opportunity. No offense, my skin, skin is flawless. I don't have pimples, though. So. <laughs> nothing, nothing. No, you okay? have the most beautiful skin. Hyaluronic acid, okay? Eva Longoria. <laughs> but I was like, thank you so much. I'm going to have to pass my, I, like, thankfully, my skin is great. And she's like, no worries. Like, I get it. So, yeah, it's fun. But um, with Rothy's in particular, I just post about them all the time, a lot more now because I have four pairs of shoes because they finally came out with men's and I shopped the archive sale. So I finally have pieces to incorporate into yes. my life to, to talk about it. And I will say I'm in a special group. I don't want to say what, because I don't know how public this is, but I'm in a special group that's Rothy's exclusive. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. You can leave it in there. You can just put that right down on the table. Love it. And right there, <laughs> Yes. Well, I, I just that. want I to that. commend you on your marketing. Your innate marketing skills are wonderful. Thank you. It's, um, I will say I go through dips and, wait, what are they? Valleys and, and valleys. Peaks and valleys. Highs and lows. <laughs> Yes. Of, of social media this I we've probably all talked about this before it's it's such a catch-22 it's like you need to do it I present day I think you need to want to do it yes and like people can really tell if you don't want to do it so instead of putting crap out there I just don't post if, mm -hmm. if I'm not feeling it or if I don't have anything to talk about um, which has happened a lot more recently and it's only because I'm living my life and I was talking with a friend about this she was like, I haven't been on Facebook in like a month. I said, my Instagram is like scattered because I'm living, I'm, I'm traveling, I'm doing all these things. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I didn't document it all, but guess what? I lived it. And that's, that should be good enough. Yeah, it is good enough. I agree. It I, um, and enough. I feel this more and more like as this year has gone on, because I just, my focus has been in so many different places, um, whether it was with family and, you know, then with moving and everything and, stuff with work and possible promotions and all, you know, all this other stuff that goes on where it's like, I don't really need social media. I have it because I like to engage with people and it's fun. And, you know, if opportunities come up great and it's a great way to promote other things that I'm doing, but if I don't post, I don't post, I really don't care. Well, maybe like a year, year and a half ago, it would have been like, oh my God, I need to post something because how else am I going to grow in this space? No one knows who I am. Right. Okay, wait, wait. Okay. Do you both feel too that there has been a shift in social media since things have started to open up? Like people are people needed social media last year because they could not go anywhere. But now they're like, I gotta I gotta go live my life. I have to get out of the house. I yeah. like leave me alone. I gotta go enjoy my vacation. I put my phone, I literally shut off my phone now sometimes throughout the day because I'm like, I don't even care. Like if I'm surrounded by yeah. the people that I need to be surrounded by and I don't need to worry about like checking my phone, it's off or um, right. it's on airplane mode. And I'm like, I'm like, tomorrow is my mom's birthday. So we're going to be together all day long. We're going to Boston during the day. Then we'll go, all of us are going out to dinner to, you know, tomorrow night. And um, my phone is not going to be like, it's, I'm just not going to access it because I don't need it. And I, and I, and if anything, with the pandemic, I felt like you're constantly on it to stay engaged with people. You're constantly like, need to see what's happening. You see what's happening. Who, what's this person doing? Are you okay? You know, and just having that interaction yep. 
through text or video instead of the physical interaction was so important where I think a lot of, a lot of people got burnt out by it and they're kind of like done all set. Yeah. I definitely agree with you on that one, Blake. Yeah, I think so. And I also think just within our reselling community, um, I feel like we really hit rock bottom recently uh, with cancel culture and um, just absolute people. It was just, it was like a sad month for us on in in the community, in my opinion. And, and I... I feel like after all the negativity and stuff, it, it there's like a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth uh, for the community in general, um, as far as like that sort of stuff goes. And I think that people are kind of craving some positivity right now. And social media is not always the place where you find it. So to your point, I think it's it's a good time. And it's just a beautiful time of year. Mm-hmm. And it's people, yeah. you know, back to the workplace, back outside. So I feel like it was a little bit of a perfect storm that has kind of pushed a lot of people in that direction. Um, obviously, I'm just speaking for myself. But um, yeah, it, it's never a bad time. It's never a bad idea to take a break from it all. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then you see yeah. this with like larger content creators on YouTube when they have a lot of things going on in their life and they're like regular YouTube uploading type of accounts. Like they're uploading three yeah. times a week, four times a week. You know, you're talking like the bloggers, the beauty gurus, all of that. Um, or even YouTube gurus. And then all of a sudden they go radio silent for like a month or two. And they're like, hey, sorry, yeah. had to go be a real human and not do yeah, this for a while. A lot. And I think it's, it's really the pressure we put on ourselves. Um, and, and I, I know myself, I used to be more strict about like my upload days. And then I was like, nobody really cares. No one cares, but you, you know what I mean? Not, not, I don't mean that in a mean way, but just like, it it doesn't matter if it gets posted on Thursday or Friday or Saturday, it doesn't matter. You know, it's going to be okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I feel like I'm probably guilty of going more in that direction. Like, I think as my YouTube channel has grown, um, I care more about, uh, analytics than I ever did before. Um, I find myself, I had a really great conversation with a good friend of mine who is a big eBay person. She literally scheduled a call with me to talk to me about like, what is my hesitation? Like, why are you not doing this? And she's like, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? And I'm like, huh, I usually check my YouTube, like to see like what I got for comments and whatever. And part of me is like, uh, if there's like any negativity sometimes, which it's very rare, but like, sometimes I just want to get ahead of that. Um, and then I kind of went through things she, and cause she was saying how she checks her eBay first thing in the morning, she sees if there were any offers or whatever. And, and then she's like, well, that's interesting. Like you didn't mention like money making, like reselling stuff until like third or fourth on your list. She's like, that's interesting to me. And she's like, I think you're driven by like more like social push than you are by money in this and that. And I'm like, I, I think you're probably right about that, you know, but it is interesting. Like, what do you check first thing in the morning? What, what is the first thing that, that you look at? Is it Instagram? Is it, you know, spend time with your dog or whatever? I, I, I'm just, you know, it was a curious, it was an interesting question that she asked me. Well, let's um, answer it. I think Blake and I should answer that too. Sure. So Blake, what do you check first thing in the morning? Um, what do I check? Well, uh, <laughs> I have to think about it because before um, the opposite of Lori, I used to check my YouTube in particular, in addition to like Posh or whatever. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply first thing but then I started to get upset or like down and I was like I can't let my life be controlled by numbers like this because one I don't this isn't my full-time work either so I was like no 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 I want this thing to be an accessory a, a companion to the main the main gig going out of my life um and with YouTube in particular, they flash those analytics the second you open YouTube studio and that really kills me because it'll be green or red 
or gray. Green is great, gray stinks, but red is terrible. And if you wake up to a video, it's like, you can't, you can only control so much. And I was like, if people don't watch because of whatever reason, it is what it is and you gotta move on. So um, I try to avoid looking at stuff that will get me upset. So I also do not look at my work email. Um, not that things will be bad, but just, I don't want to start my day on a tone that is negative. And I'm also trying to not look at anything until I am at work because your brain needs time to like wake up. Mm -hmm. And um, someone recently, I think it was a documentary about like mental health, which by the way, this is World Suicide Prevention Week. So make sure you take care of your health. If you're in crisis, contact the crisis centers, okay? Thank you. Available 24 seven nationwide. Um, They were basically saying, you need to wake up and your brain needs to turn on and you need to set your own tone for the day. The second you open your phone, you're letting something else direct your day. Mm. And I was like, wait, what? And then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, you're right. I open, look at my email, something's not nice. And then I'm pissed and that ruins my, it changes the entire course of my day, which can't happen. So um, it makes, I make it sound dramatic, but it's, it's real. Like if you look at something and it's positive or positive or negative, you are allowing something else to come into your, into your life to, to direct what's going to happen next. And I think it's that validation Uh, or lack of validation that either puts you in a good space or a bad space sometimes um, by looking at your phone for that validation. Yeah. Like, did I get the views? Did I get the money? Did I, you know? Yeah. 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 I agree. What about you, Daniela? Um, Last year at this time, I'd be checking my work email first thing I woke up in the morning and last thing I did when I went to bed because of just the craziness that ensued where I work right and it's still something that's happening on a daily basis but um, I have very strict boundaries on that now where last year was really really hard for me to have those boundaries because what was happening in the world right and and where I work and the roles that I have so um, I do not I have a very strict rule as of January of this year is I do not check my work email from the second I walk in the door the second I wake up If I am home, I am not checking it at all. I don't look at it. I don't care. I'm not there. I don't care. Unless it was 911, we need you right now, they'll call me. They'll just call me and I'll deal with it then. So Mm -hmm. I don't do that. That's something I used to do. What I do now is when I wake up, shut my alarm off because my phone is my alarm. And I actually, (laughs) I used to do this back in the day when I was a competitive powerlifter, but I started having this habit again is I go to bed in my leggings again so that I wake up, I put my earbuds in, which are right near my phone. And I put my like calming, relaxing music on and I get ready to go for a walk in the morning. So that's my first thing that I do in the morning is I put on my music to kind of like, meditate, get myself in a good Wake state. Wake you up. Yep. And then I drink my glass of water with lemon and I go for my walk. And like, that's my okay. thing now, but it's that's an evolution to, to get there though. Like I had to make the commitment to get there because I did whatever what you just said. I, you know, check my, check YouTube, check Poshmark. Do I still do that sometimes? Yeah. You're human. You're going to do these things. Like there's right. no, around of course. It. you know, especially if something's doing really well or you post something that you're so excited about, you want to keep checking and making, you know, and seeing if you're getting that traction that you think you're going to get. But I think you have to make that conscious effort and create that habit, which can take a little bit, right. To get up, do the things that you need to do to make yourself feel good. So maybe it's stretching, maybe it is just meditating. Maybe it's just being outside and having a cup of coffee, whatever it is. I'm trying to detach myself from the electronic gratification that you get from things and kind of be more present where I am right now and just like around the people that I want to be around and with nature. And like, it sounds so hippie of me, but like, that's just where I want to be right now. Um, And it it changes. It changes all the time. It depends what's going on in your life and what you're working on. And hundred percent it evolves. So right now I'm in this space where like, I just want to be Zen all the time. Um, You know, six months from now, I may be glued to my phone first thing I wake up because of whatever. 
whatever. When I wake up in the middle of the night, let's hope you are Snapchat maps and see where my kids are if they need oh, okay. it. Okay, well that's different though. <laughs> no, I really do. Like yeah. I woke up to pee at like three in the morning, and I'm like, oh my gosh, did Anthony get home from the bars? Let me look on Snapchat. I'm like, yeah. yes, ten minutes ago. Like it's just like I do that a lot now with Angie back at school and Rocco slept out last night. I literally go through and check Snap maps. But that's because you're a mommy, yeah. and that's it's important yeah, to you, right? Yeah. So my, my mom still checks on me. Same. <laughs> said my mom still checks on me yes. and I live with her. Same. <laughs> I'm five minutes away and it's like eight o'clock in the morning. Are you up and ready for work yet? Did you already get to work? Like all the time. Yeah. Oh, so Doesn't matter how like, old you Sometimes get. when you're back home in the space, it makes it worse because then they know, like, I know it's a little out of sight, out of mind. Like sometimes when they're not home, I'm not like worried about them. But like, if they're here and they go out, I'm like, should I stay up? And and they'll say to me, mom, I'm away at college. You don't wait up for me then. I'm like, yes, but I don't know where you are when you're coming home at college. But now I sometimes right. do because I stalk them occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Um, I read a book and they, I don't remember what book it was, but they were talking about like looking at your phone and they, they compared it almost to like a, they called it a digital hit. Like, you know, taking it, mm-hmm. you know, like taking a drag off your cigarette or whatever, but they're like, I, I, I took a hit, oh. like I got a digital hit. And then I, and like, that was kind of it. Like they'd open their phone, they'd check whatever they checked and then they would move on. And it's almost like a, like a nervous habit, like cigarette smoking or whatever, you know, that's yeah. what the book compared it to. And I'm like, that's scary accurate. <laughs> yep. It is. It, yeah. I, so let's go back to the whole entrepreneur, entrepreneurial topic. Do you think because we live in such a digital world and this term gets tossed around so much is that, you know, people might get hung up on that term and feel like they can go in that direction. And this is something that they like, I, I want to pursue X because I was inspired by whoever on social media. And I follow all these content, like all these content creators, and this is what they're doing. And this is the path that I want to follow. Do you think we've created this culture um, I guess it's a man-made, uh, man-made culture where everyone is striving to be the entrepreneur and kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say. I think it's more people are striving to be influencers more than entrepreneurs, mm. my own personal opinion. I, I using the term entrepreneur, but not understanding maybe what the real definition of it is. I mean, I didn't understand what the real yeah. definition Thanks. was. Until, ago, so. <laughs> until Blake, you know, schooled me on it. So Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think a lot Listen, of, there were t- yeah, go in that direction. What are your thoughts, Blake? Um, um <laughs> like, you can be honest. Like that's no, I, I'm having moments. I don't know. Ever since I've been home, I will start to think about it. And then the thought like is gone from my mind. So I need you to re-ask the question, the culture. There we go. Yes. Culture. Yeah, the culture that we're creating on, on digital it, media. It influences, right? like, I don't know, the that next entrepreneurial mind mindset. in general. Right. It, it does. Like, there's people that are like, oh, I want to be the next Gary V. Okay, well, Gary V would probably tell you be the next you. So, <laughs> like, you clearly don't listen to him enough. Right. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I'm this a is true. Talk, so. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, I think ultimately people get too hung up on the labels. I'm sure all of us have done it, do it. And that's, you know, it is what it is. We're trying to, you know, move forward and have labels, but use them as a way to unify viewpoints for the world. Right. And just, yes, we have all these labels, but one day there's going to be just like one day it'll just be like, oh my gosh, hi, Lori. Lori is over there a living beautiful human you know there's Daniela another beautiful human living but you know and right now it's Lori is a mom who is this who is this Mm -hmm. this this she does this and it's like why do we have to like have a resume yeah verbal introduction like and that that to your point Daniela is like that's happening there is this culture to one up or be the next and it's like don't be the next be the best you what mm-hmm. whether whether it's creating a product and by default down the line you become labeled as an entrepreneur or uh you know you're a mom who wants to have a baby and you know you go about doing that you know and then you're a mom okay great move you know keep it keep it moving i think move labels 
labels have become a big part of our, our culture because that's how we identify ourselves on the internet is through labels. A hundred, a hundred percent. I have to let the dog out. Sorry. <laughs> In my previous life, I was a special ed teacher and um, mm. in the state of Massachusetts, we were not allowed to use labels for the separate classrooms. Like, oh, that's right. a class for autistic kids or, or children with autism is how you're supposed to say it. But, um, or uh, like, so it was like 502.1. 502.2 like so it gave a number mm-hmm. instead of a label but to me it ended up just being a different type of label so 502 point whatever right. you know the higher the number the more severe uh help that the student needed right. and then so right, that was right. my education I graduated from college in 95 moved to San Francisco and they're like okay Lori we're hiring you for the SBD class I'm like well, what does SBD mean they're like severely behavior disordered Like, really? Like, they were all about the labels in California. Everything was a label by the definition of, like, what that child was struggling with or whatever. Um, And so it was a whole different way of thinking for me when I went to California because in Massachusetts, we were trained to not use labels. And then, even though it was a label, it was just a different type of label. And then I went to California and I had an SBD class. And that was very interesting. And, um, and all I would say is sometimes when you label somebody, they live up to the label. You know what I mean? So if you're not calling, if you look at a child and you're like, well, you're so, you have severe behavior disorder, like they're like, watch me, you know, but if you kind of look at them yeah. in a different light or don't label them in that space, I feel like they rise, to, you know, they can, sometimes the behavior would be much better if you didn't tr- treat them as their label was. And that, I think that goes for everything. And I think labels yeah. not only hold a stigma, right, but they... They also, I guess, like you just said, people live up to that label. Like, oh, you want to label me as X? Cool. I'm going to take it to the next level and you're going to really see what this label means kind of thing. And that can be positive or it can be negative. It can really go in either direction. Yeah. 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 I don't like labels. Not my thing. Agreed. I, I understand them. And I think like we're going into like too many labels like can that be a thing it's just like there's so there's just so much how do, how is it expected that everyone remembers right all of them and the definitions For all change. different categories mm-hmm. right correct which I think is how correct. this whole entrepreneurial so, topic came up right so yeah everyone looks and thinks of it a different way you can tell by the comments in this video that everyone has different opinions on what entrepreneur means And at what point, I don't know. I I don't know if there's a point where labels start blending in together, which I feel like is what's happening right now. You've got influencer, you've got blogger, you've got all these different things, and now it's all meshing in as one thing. And you have to distinguish what's what, or you don't distinguish and you just go with it. I guess it depends on who you are as a person. I say my two cents is just (laughs) stay in your lane and do what, do what makes you happy. And don't worry so much about the labels, like go in the Mm -hmm. direction that you feel your business or life is taking you and work hard at whatever it is that is motivating you. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, don't worry about the labels. I mean, I think this was a really interesting discussion. I do. And more, more to, to, to talk about, you know, what most of us do as resellers and what we can would consider ourselves. I've even, we've even had the conversation on here mm-hmm. about like the full-time reseller versus the part-time reseller and why that is such, that is such a thing. That's a big label in our community. And Huge. people talk about, and, and I struggle with it quite a bit because now that I spend a lot of time creating content for YouTube, I don't even know that I consider myself a full-time reseller. I am not reselling for 40 hours a week. I'm probably reselling for about 20 hours a week and doing YouTube 20 hours a week. And so like, to me, I'm like, do I even call myself a full-time reseller anymore? Because my thing is I don't ever want someone to look at whatever, whatever it is about me or my business on YouTube. And I'm calling myself a full-time reseller. And then I give my numbers at the end of the month. And they're like, well, you can't live on that full-time because I'm not sharing YouTube numbers. I'm not sharing affiliate numbers or whatever. And I think that's the slippery slope with labels is like people have a certain expectation when you give a label and then maybe your definition is different. So I think within our community, there's, there's a lot of labels as well. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't like saying part-time, full-time. I don't, 
like that. I guess by definition, I'm a part-time reseller, but I sell clothes for fun. I make money doing it and I like shopping. So that's why I do it. And uh, really I'm Daniela. I'm Italian. I'm loud. I like food and I like interacting with people. <laughs> the end. That's me. Like, that's just who I am. Oh, and I'm a state worker, but who cares about that? Like, that's just another part of my life. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to I meet like you. to eat and I'm loud. So <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think we've even created this whole podcast off of like, I'm, I'm full-time, you're part-time. Mm-hmm. I'm a mom and you're younger. And like, like the whole, there, there, there is the whole dynamic of like, who relates to you, who relates to mm-hmm. me. And, and that's kind of what makes it fun. And that's mm-hmm. what makes some of our conversations engaging and whatnot. So Sometimes labels, you know, they, they can work. be helpful. I they mean, can definitely be helpful, especially yeah. when it comes to growing a business or anything, right? You want to label yourself as whatever it is to gain that audience. But then I think you evolve from that label and it turns into something else. Don't put me in a box, baby. <laughs> put me in a box. Don't put baby in a box. <laughs> All right. So Blake, what do you have going on today after we say goodbye on this beautiful Saturday afternoon? <laughs> So nice. So I feel like it's really appropriate to say that I'm going to go thrifting. <laughs> Yay! Um, which for me these days, I save really for the weekends because that's when I have time to do it. Um, the stores here close. I'm not going to say super early. Um, I know there's people in. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I hear the barking dog. What is happening? <laughs> it's I'm dog sitting. Hold on just a second. There you go. <laughs> You don't have to mute. Blake just muted himself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So what are you doing, Laurie, since Blake is attending to the dog? Um, You know, I was going to try to get to UPS and get this um, Amazon order, Mm. but I don't think it's going to happen because UPS closes at five and it's 435. So I don't think that's happening. And I wanted to catch the end of the Penn State game, but I don't think we're getting it. Um, Oh. I don't think we have whatever channel you need, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure. We may just end up at the beer garden, which tends to be where we- Listen, the beer garden seems to be your jam like my home away from home. Oh, like, where, were you, where were you last night, Lori? At the beer the garden. Beer garden. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it looks good. I was like, I want to join. It's so good. I know. It is literally like two miles from my house. And um, there, there's this restaurant, they, they have a food truck and it's called Tacos Gatos. So the taco, the, the taco cats. <laughs> and um, they have like, just like the greatest tacos. And then it's a brewery, Medusa Brewery. And they have a drink called Fizzy Cat. I don't, I don't know what's with the cats because they're two separate companies. The- Interesting. <laughs> The, the taco gatos is like the food truck that goes there but they make their own beer and then they have a seltzer and it's called fizzy cat and i love fizzy yeah. cat they have a blood orange fizzy cat oh that sounds delicious that's really fun so yeah well fizzy cat i like that name isn't that a fun yeah. name it's very catchy what'd you do last night oh just drank my little inner fizzy cat had a fizzy cat <laughs> <laughs> with my tacos Fizzy cat, fizzy cat. There we go. Love it. It's a fizzy cat. (laughs) What are they feeding you? Please tell me my there are friends people here who know what I'm singing. I am not a friends person. Oh my god, don't hate me. Delete. Cancel. Bye. You can leave the chat now. See ya. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. Well, Blake, thank you so much for bringing this fun topic to us. This was a great discussion. Always nice to see your face and catch up with you. How's work going? Regular work. Thank you. It's been great to be on the pod and chat with you gals. Uh, Work has been great. We've actually been very busy. Um, I actually have a photo video shoot to go to on both Monday and Tuesday. Um, So that's cool. That's super cool. Nothing, nothing public facing it's you know just for customer use but it's, it's cool it's cool things that's still cool so that's how exciting. is new york life treating you you know what i gotta say it is weird to like be content i don't think i've been content before and i'm content which is weird to say um but it's been great and i love being home with my mom and my aunt and my grandma i've never had this much time with them as an adult you know, I've always been working across the country um, or away, four hours away. 
You seem so happy. Yeah. And I've been working, I've been working on myself. I go to the gym three times a day. I work with a personal trainer three times, or three times a day, three, three times, times a, a week. Three times a week is what he meant, but he said three day. I got it. Don't worry. Sorry. <laughs> like, Sorry. Three times a week. Three times a week. If it was three times a day, I better be on TV filming The Biggest Loser. Okay. You'd be no, ripped if you were going three times a day. Oh my That's God. Wonderful. I know. I'm not, I don't, I'm actually not big enough. Like there's certain requirements. I'm not big enough. I've looked. Um, but yeah, it's been good. It's been really nice to be home. Ooh. So great. And how's your podcast going? You want to talk a little bit about, yes, talk about yelling at me? Sure. Sure. So my mom and I have a podcast called stop yelling at me, the podcast. And it is just my mom and myself talking about everything that happens in our lives or a major topic that happens in the news or something like that. And um, people were very receptive. It's very much, um, I often want to say, come bring a seat to the table, but I know that's kind of your guys thing, Go but it's it. very I much know, like- That's the that's the vibe you're going right. for. Yeah, yeah. Like people feel, I mean, I, I re-listened to the episodes and I'm like, I want to talk. I want to talk with, myself and my mom while I'm listening Mm -hmm. so it's very like you know come join the conversation be a part of it talk to us through your car you know kind of thing we um, are recording episodes for season two and the uh, release date for season two is going to be either the end of September or 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 early October so definitely stay tuned do you have like a little for us like do you have a topic for your first episode have you recorded yet um, well, yes, I can tell you the title of it. Okay, Ooh. let's hear yes. it. You heard it here first, it's gonna. <laughs> yes, you heard it here, exclusive first episode, season two. It's going to be called Woodchucks, Raccoons, and Critters, Oh My. And oh my let's just Let's just say someone got bit over the summer, and that was not a pleasant experience. Oh so stay goodness. tuned for more. That'll be fun, and, Blake. Uh, I like that. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a oh, good my. title. Woodchucks, raccoons, and critters. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. my. Y'all. Y'all. You're not ready for Wild it. Wild story. Not <laughs> Los Angeles anymore, honey. Yeah. Sure not. Sure not. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Thrifters Villa. We appreciate you all tuning in. As always, thank you so much, Blake, for joining us. Thank you, Blake. Thanks for having me. You can come Don't back. Don't forget, everyone. Time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Don't forget, listeners, you need to subscribe to Thrifters Villa podcast. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you consume your podcast. Subscribe. And consider leaving a review. The reviews really help and boost <laughs> the podcast and the algorithm. So make sure you do that, okay? As a friend of the pod, boost the pod for them. Okay? You can come back anytime and give us a little plug. I know. I mean, can you just do this on the reg for us? Like, hey guys, sure. Sure. like we can just record a little ad of Blake coming in Blake in the says. middle of the podcast. Yes. Yeah. I'm do it. We All can right. do it. I can put on my presenter voice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do it one more time. One more time. Presenter voice. One more time. Yep. Thank you so much for listening to Thrifters Villa. If you wouldn't mind, subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and continue to stream and tell your friends all about Thrifters Villa, available wherever podcasts are produced. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good voice. Yes. Everybody, on that note, we can't top that. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Everybody. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. (laughs) See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. This is just a reminder that Thrifters Villa's Patreon is officially live. You can find us on patreon.com backslash Thrifters Villa. It is just $5 a month where we're going to offer you bonus content, extra episodes, a free downloadable a month, and live events. So make sure to check us out there and we will see you next week.